everyone. Hello. Um, we talked quite a bit about the film adaptation of The Black Cauldron at the end of our last episode, which covered Lloyd Alexander's The Black Cauldron. And we decided that we were just too curious um, about what we might think of it as adults. We had seen it as children. I didn't remember it at all. Yeah, Madeline didn't remember it at all. I, I didn't remember, you know, broad strokes of it. And um, fortuitously, our mother rented it. Uh, because she herself wanted to watch it. She only got through like a third of it. <laughs> but <laughs> it's fine. Um, we but understand then, it's a weird movie as we'll discuss. Since Patrick had her prime password, we were able to watch it as well. Yeah, so we had a sibling Black Cauldron viewing party. And we thought that we might make this mini episode just to um, put our thoughts out there. Because it's a very different entity from the book. Totally um, different. Patrick was really confused. Yeah, Patrick was really confused. <laughs> As someone who had literally just read one of the I books. I was confused, that too. Served as the source material. I was confused. Um, yeah. So quickly, I mean, we have this disclaimer for all of our book episodes, but... Um, we will be spoiling the movie. This 20-year-old as film. Well as the book. Uh, yeah. So, Madeline, what would you say was the, um, what was the most surprising part of the movie for you? Um, two things. One, when they went to see the fairies or the fair folk who are presented mm-hmm. much more as Lord, oh my God. Lord of the Rings about style, like dwarf elf hybrids in the, the books. Mm-hmm. And then in the movie, they're like, little tinkerbells like a million of them they're and they're ridiculous they're really shiny and the the main character one of the main characters who's a fair folk completely disappeared dolly dolly he completely he's a jerk he doesn't help at all he completely disappears when yeah. uh, the going gets rough and then he doesn't come back until the end of the film when he's just being like Oh, yeah, oh, he oh. just pops up. Um, <laughs> Having done nothing. Yeah, and it's really, he serves the opposite function as he does in the book. He does nothing. Um, in the book, he is saving everybody's butts all the time. Yeah. In the movie, he complains and then he leaves. And I thought maybe he was going to come back and save them, at like as in the books. But really, no, he meant it. He just left. He was like, I'm not putting mm. up with this anymore. Goodbye. Yeah. Okay, so what was the second thing? Um, I really did think by the end of the movie, because it was just such a weird film, that they were just going to let Gurky die. <laughs> and well, I, the, the surprising thing in and of itself was that when I realized, uh, like, oh, there's no Eladir in right. this movie, and yeah. then I, like, Taran was going to kill himself, and then I was like, well, I guess, whatever. I don't really care about this movie, Taran. <laughs> And then Gurgi said, Gurgi. So the, the movie just turned you into a total nihilist by the end. <laughs> like someone has to I die. can't summon any interest <laughs> in their well-being. They're all going to die eventually. Um, um, okay, yeah. So you were wondering who would serve as the cauldron sacrifice. And then Gurgi said, Gurgi has no friends. And then jumped into the cauldron. And Plunges I was into the cauldron. Both horrified and infuriated yeah. at that yeah. turn of events. When we were watching, I mean, all three of us, I think, were screaming Just at that so point. <laughs> Movie Gurgi is adorable. so cute. Yeah. Um, the way he moves and his voice, his voice was like, 
pre-Andy Circus. Yeah, it was Spiegel. pretty funny. He said it so much like Spiegel. I feel like Andy Circus sat down and was like, yes, yes. Gergi. <laughs> Gergi was his muse. <laughs> so that was jarring. I yeah. actually had moments where I got, it was weird. Yeah, very un- weird. uncertain. Um, there was and a lot of great voice acting in the movie. For though. sure. For John sure. Hurt is in it as the Horned King, and he was, he was great. And he had a little creepy sidekick called... Creeper, right? His name was Creeper. Yeah. <laughs> we had the subtitles on. I turned them on really quick because I was like, oh, okay, yeah. there's some sound quality issues here. Um, yeah. There the were subtitles a lot of in our version were also huge. It took up like a third of the screen. Yeah, so maybe that impeded our viewing experience. I mean, the um, film is beautiful. It is. I really enjoyed the visual effects. Yeah. I know I mentioned after we watched... Um, I really liked their use of uh, mixing animation and photography, and I really liked the pink clouds um, in the background when they were looking down on the Horn King's lair. There was a lot of it where the cauldron was concerned that basically they were doing laser light shows. Like, I actually looked away when the Horned King was dying. That part was gross. Yes. As all the I couldn't really handle were it. Being pulled yeah. into the black there cauldron. There were some slimy, grody souls. Um, Creeper made it out okay, though. Yeah, Creeper was fine. <laughs> they were saving him for the sequel. It's definitely a movie that does um, the evil side really well. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. there were some really pretty, you know, scenes when they're out in the forest. I loved the like woods. That. Yeah, they were um, really pretty. But yeah, most of the movie is spent um, in the Horned King's lair. It was just, I guess not most, but oh, too much. Uh, it's because there. The, the lair made me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it's just a weird movie. Like I would recommend it. It's really short <laughs> for how much happens in yeah, that film. Yeah, it's sped by. It's like 80 minutes long. It is. Yeah, it's exactly 80 minutes long. <laughs> A dance not in it. He, and I mean, the brooch, there's no have, brooch. They do the sword they instead of the brooch. They don't have their council. Yeah. Um, yeah, we discussed this uh, a little, just that it's too, uh, the brooch is too um, ephemeral. Too, too difficult to uh, yeah, work portray in, in an action animated in film. An animated film, but it was still a bummer to have the really obvious trope of just the sword. Yeah. It's magical. Yeah. And the, and do you want me to keep going? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, the sisters, I didn't, that's what I was about to uh, say. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, they didn't handle them well. They were portrayal. just stereotypical witches. And like, also it's really boring. And they're so weird and funny and in like the book. sad in the book and in the movie they one of them like they really weirdly sexualized oh my God, her it yeah. made me super uncomfortable that also there were a lot of breasts yeah. in the movie um in a way that definitely would never be in a disney movie today but no. this was the 80s things were a little different i mean i remembered the kind of stuff that got pg ratings back then um yeah. was always a little surprising like ghostbusters was pg i'm pretty sure and there's Sexual intercourse and sexual intercourse, um, <laughs> ghost sexual intercourse. Oh my god! <laughs> Just trying to keep things, yeah, clean for a clean podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Is this a clean podcast? I'm not really sure. Sometimes. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, I'm very careful not to cuss on our podcast. Yeah, we don't curse, but we discuss. 
But sex. not not in a pornographic way, though. No, obviously not. That's why we say sexual intercourse. Sexual intercourse. <laughs> Are you grossed out yet? Okay. Yeah, if you've left, I'm sorry. <laughs> um... Anyway, I, I was really surprised by that. It was just gratuitous. Like, there's a shot of the evil horde watching a belly dancer. Um, and at first and, I was like, oh, that's awesome that she's so curvy. And then it was like, right. what and are her like, breasts oh, doing? Oh, no. <laughs> she's animated like that so that her breasts can move on their own, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Orgok's chest also plays a really strange role because Fluter gets turned into a frog and then she sticks him in her bosom. And then he's like between her breasts. Yeah. There was a lot of, I think we were all shouting during that part. Yeah. (laughs) We were all like, ah, oh, oh, yeah. I think, I think all three of us, when the belly dancer came on said, whoa. (laughs) And then (laughs) when Orgok had Fluter between her breasts, we were all just, yeah, there wasn't a discernible word, but we're upset. Um, yeah, so that was a little strange. Also, separate from the books, there's no, like, you know, weird, grotesque sexual stuff in the books. No, not at all. What did the author say about the film? Didn't you tell me you said something like, I have no wish to be associated with the film or, like, it wasn't how I would have done it or something? Um, let me check. I think that we might be conflating oh, it's a different something one. else with uh yeah he said i have to say there's no resemblance between the movie and the book having said that the movie in itself purely as a movie i found to be very enjoyable oh okay. i had fun watching it what i would hope is that anyone who sees the movie would certainly enjoy it but i'd also hope they'd actually read the book the book is quite different. It's a very powerful, very moving story and i think people would find a lot more depth in the book. That's what so a, sad. That's such a sad statement. What a diplomatic thing to say. Oh, my to. God. Yeah, like this really important, personally meaningful work of art that I created has been gutted, but it's fun. <laughs> Enjoy it. Buy tickets. <sighs> yeah. Um, I mean, there's a long history of fantasy authors being disappointed by film adaptations of their work and I think that will continue because it's just so subjective you know the actual physical um, embodiment of the ideas that they come up with yeah they're not of our world so you have to take some liberty with them I just think make Gurgi into a little dog moppet and I don't know I don't know why uh I mean, I guess it's all based on what they think people will enjoy, but it just seems a lot of times fantasy books just get totally just shaken all around and morphed and botched. What Lloyd Alexander says about Mm -hmm. the movie and the book, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Like, watch the movie. It's weird. It's entertaining. Oh, the other thing I forgot to mention was that it's just, it's such a great relic of animation from that time. Karin reminds me of um, the Sword, Sword in the Stone, the Stone yeah. uh, and just, yeah, these other fun touchstones from our childhood. I don't know, Charlotte's Web is pretty ubiquitous, but 
We watched Snow White, and that was in our of our era, or Little Mermaid. I know, but I think things have changed so much more quickly in the time since we were children. We're in post-internet, baby. <laughs> I'm calling it. Years from now, people will be talking about, oh, who coined this incredible term for this period of time? Yeah, because that's what like, happens oh, with Dragon Babies. Everyone <laughs> gives credit to the first person that said it. <laughs> who did this? Oh, God. <laughs> Grace I was trying to flailed too much. <laughs> I was trying to do the emoji, like crying, laughed face, like that's on stolen memes where it says, you know, like who did this, and then it has a bunch of. I feel ill now. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. that? Yeah, joke theft accounts. Yeah. Anyway, um, wrapping up. So it was a it was a great movie. Yeah. Really fun watch. Um, check it out. Read the book first and treat it like an isolated. Just different things. Honestly, mistake made by Disney. <laughs> they tried really hard, but um, they just they succeeded in making a movie. Um, <laughs> they <there> are, finished <laughs> a they film. They finished the movie, which seems like th- they weren't sure if that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and there are moments in it where you can glimpse like the beautiful, amazing. Uh, kind of perfect project that it could mm-hmm. have been. Yeah, but it's just so... And then it, like, awkwardly cuts to a different setting and you have no idea what's going on. And, and it's just the tone shifts from, yeah. like... Oh, my God. The yeah. tone's all over the place. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we... I, we didn't even mention Ilanwi, but that's because she doesn't really have very much but Yeah, to she's do. not much mm. of a character in the film. Yeah. Anyway... Check it out and let us know what you think. Yeah. We want to hear from you. Thanks for listening to our mini pod, baby. (laughs) Goodbye. I was trying to do like an abbreviated mini goodbye, but I don't know how to do it. Just good. If you'd like to learn more about Dragon Babies, you can find us online at dragonbabiespodcast.com. We're also on Twitter at Dragon Babies Pod. That's P-O-D, the first syllable of podcast. Songs used in this episode are Pippin the Hunchback and Thatched Villagers, both by Kevin McLeod and licensed under the Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. You can find his music at incompetech.com. Thanks for listening.